So I got this uh, poem or story, uh, a book many years ago. Actually, my uh, mother-in-law uh, would read it on Christmas, and it was called What God Wants for Christmas. And you would open each present and kind of have a, a poem that would go to it. And uh, I want to do that this morning. And so uh, I'm going to ask for a, a young person, either a child. We don't have a ton of children, so we might need some of the teenagers to help us this morning. Uh, you get to open one of these presents, and then I'll tell you kind of the meaning of what's in each one. And we'll kind of read a poem. So will you guys help me with that? Yeah? And you actually get a real present when you leave today. You can't keep this one. This is for all of us, but you will get a present at the end. So since you're here, you want to open the first one, Levi? Okay. Okay, John. You're the one I have trouble with because I don't know if you're going to want to keep this thing. So, Okay, let's open it. It's an angel. Okay, we're going to put the angel right here, okay? It's in a stand. It's supposed to be on top of a tree. This is Gabriel. You can stay right there. I'm glad you're ready, okay? It'll just be a second. In the beginning, God started a plan to bring about Christmas, and it would be grand. Here he would launch a gift-giving tradition. I'll tell how it started, so please pay attention. But before we get to this story's heart, let me explain how I play a part. I was involved a long time ago as an angel and speaker. It's God's words I know. For I stand in his presence. I'm Gabriel. And God wants you to hear the story I tell. For my words will offer his great gift to you. Wait, stay here, stay here. Okay. <laughs> and you'll know what he wants when the story is through. What God wants for Christmas, it's to you a surprise. In box number seven, it is disguised. But no peeking, no peeking. Be patient. For this you must wait. It's what we offer him, and it's really great. Okay, now box number two. This story began when Isaiah did tell that a virgin would give birth to Emmanuel. That name is special. It means God with us. And one day in this child, many would trust. So when the time came, I was appointed to tell the young woman that she was anointed. I said to her, Mary, you're God's chosen one, and you will give birth to God's only son. How can this be? For this isn't typical. Indeed, it's not. We call it a miracle. God's Holy Spirit will help you give birth to God in the flesh. He'll live here on earth. 
God says to name this baby boy Jesus. Mary said, yes, may God do as he pleases, for I am his servant and I will obey. So God can use me in this special way. What God wants for Christmas, it's to you a surprise. In box number seven, it is disguised. But no peeking, be patient, for this you must wait. It's what you offer him, and it's really great. Yeah, number three. Oh, that's a big guy. Be careful. Do you know who that is? Huh? It is Joseph. Yeah. Good job. And these guys were built to be leaning, and they often will fall over, so we got to be careful. Okay, watch out. It's Joseph. Sweet Mary now knew she would be Jesus' mother, and Jesus would soon need a here on earth. <laughs> Sorry. But moms need some help. She needed another. And Jesus would soon need a here-on-earth dad. God knew all that. Here's the plan that he had. God had a man named Joseph in mind. He'd make a good husband who's loving and kind. So one night, God sent an angel to speak. Instructions to Joseph while he lay asleep. Joseph, take Mary. She'll be a good wife. This marriage is still God's plan for your life. God's Spirit has given her a baby within. His name will be Jesus. He'll save you from sin. What God wants for Christmas, it's to you a surprise. In box number seven, it is disguised. But no peeking. Be patient. For this you must wait. It's what you offer him, and it's really great. Yeah. Okay, I need someone else. Kirsten? Awesome. Okay, we're on... Yeah, baby Jesus. Thank you. After a while, there came a decree. Go back from where you were from originally. So this couple set out to Bethlehem town, and when they arrived, they looked all around. But the inns were too full, no room for two guests. And Mary was tired. She needed to rest. Our rooms are taken, the innkeeper said. But then an idea popped into his head. My stable's not much, but there you can stay. I'll give you this manger, a feed trough with hay. Later on there in the quiet of night, to Joseph and Mary's excited delight, she gave birth to God's son. It was not a surprise. God said it would happen, and he never lies. God gave the first gift that first Christmas day. He gave us the Christ, the babe in the hay. But that is not all. God wants something grand, an offering to him, the point of his plan. What God wants for Christmas, it's to you a surprise. In box number seven, it is disguised. But no peeking. Be patient. <laughs> for this you must wait. It's what he wants from you, and it's really great. Next person. Come on up. Come on. <laughs> Is. 
What's he got? Yeah. So what is he? A shepherd. A shepherd. During the night when all was quite still, shepherds were sheep watching out on a hill. A savior is born. Boomed a rushing wind voice. I herald Messiah. It's time to rejoice. Now what stood before them? An angel in white with eyes full of fire and stature of might. Go to Bethlehem now. In a stable you'll find a babe in a manger. That is your sign. Then finding a stable where they saw a light shine through the wallboards and into the night, the shepherds looked in. And what did they see? The manger, a baby, they fell to their knees. So this must be him. This is the sign. They had found Jesus, the Savior divine. The shepherds joined in the first celebration of Christmas because of this grand revelation. What God wants for Christmas is to you a surprise. In box number seven, it is disguised. But no peeking, be patient. And for this you must wait. It's what you offer him, and it's really great. You want to help with the next one? All right, what's that one? Thank you. A wise man. We're going to talk about the wise men next week. The wise men actually came into the story a lot later than the rest of them, but we see them at the manger. But we're going to talk about wise men next week. Now in the east lived some men who were wise. They saw a new star when they looked to the skies. This must be the star written here in our book. It tells of a king. Let's go take a look. So they followed the star till it finally rested, where Mary, the mother, and Jesus were nested. When they stepped inside, they all fell to the floor to worship the king, but then there is more. These men gave him frankincense, myrrh, and fine gold to honor the one the new star had foretold. Then in a dream, they learned not to go back by way of King Herod, who planned to attack. So they chose to go home in a different way, the child's location they did not betray. As Mary thought through these events in her mind, she said, God is so loving, protective, and kind. What God wants for Christmas, it's to you a surprise. In box number seven, it is disguised, but no peeking. Be patient. For this you must wait. It's what you offer him, and it's really great. So here we are on box number seven, where it is disguised. Who wants to be the one to open box number seven? Okay, come on. All right. <gasps> what is it? That's a mirror. Who's in the mirror? You. What God wants for Christmas, now here's the surprise in box number seven, where it's been disguised. Peek in the box for so long you have waited. Try not to blind you guys by the light, okay? What God wants is you, the one he created. Me, you ask, why is this so? 
I cannot wrap me and put on a bow. No, you cannot. But what you can give are the choices you make in the life that you live. God wants you to know him and love him within. And this is called worship, an offering to him. To do this, trust Jesus who died in your place. When you didn't deserve him, that is called grace. Pray now and offer your life and your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you. I'd like a new start. Forgive me today for the sins I've committed. So one day in heaven, I will be permitted. When you pray this decision, the heavens rejoice that you have made worship of God your life's choice. God wants you to know him. So choose every day to love God and thank God and give him all praise. Isn't that a cool ending? Were you guys expecting that? A mirror in the end? Man, that's cool, huh? Pretty sweet. I want to kind of finish the rest of the uh, sermon. It'll be, it'll be short. But how do we... Uh, the point is to uh, present ourselves in uh, worship to Jesus and present our life as a sacrifice to him, right? Live our life for him. How does that look? I, I, part of the Christmas story, the birth story uh, that we don't talk about a whole lot is we, we usually kind of end on this day, okay, Jesus is born, the shepherds came, praise God, and it's a glorious moment. But afterwards, uh, after eight days, uh, Mary and Joseph were very devout to their faith and, and their love for the Lord, and so they followed the laws of Moses. And uh, on the eighth day, they take him to be circumcised, and there's a time when uh, purification or a cleansing sacrifice was to be made, and so uh, when Mary has given birth, uh, there's a time frame that they go back to the temple, and so this is probably 40 days after Jesus' birth. They take him to Jerusalem, and they present him to the Lord, and in the temple at that time, there's a, a man named Simeon, and he would, could be referred to as a prophet. We talk about how there was 400 years of silence. There wasn't a, a written word from the Lord or recorded, um, but there was probably things happening. They were still worshiping in the temple and, and all that, and Simeon was a very devout man. And the chapter in uh, Luke 2.27 says that the Holy Spirit spoke to him to go into the temple courts, and at the precise time that he walks into the temple courts, uh, Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus are coming in at, to the temple courts at that same moment. Luke tells us that Simeon was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, the Messiah to come. He was waiting for this moment and his reaction of worship is recorded in uh, verse 29 to 32. He says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. He worshiped. He knew this was the Messiah. It was not an ordinary uh, baby. 
And that last verse is uh, really key, what he says. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. Like we talked about in service last night, Jesus was a light to the whole world, not just the Jews, uh, but to the Gentiles. He would be revealed and he would reveal God to them who maybe did not know God. And ultimately, that's us after generations and generations. And then he says, a light for revelation of the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. He was the glory of all that they had studied, all that they had worshipped, all that they had uh, heard about and, and had faith in and love in. So Simeon was just in uh, a moment of time in our Bible, but it's a powerful response to the birth of Jesus. There was also a prophetess named Anna who never left the temple for 84 years, the Bible says. She was a young married uh, woman and only married for seven years, and her husband passed away. And, and the Bible just says that she was in the temple for 80-some-odd years. She would worship, Luke says, day and night, fasting and praying. And wouldn't you know, at the same moment, Simeon has his moment, and Mary and Joseph are probably still in awe of, of what's happening, and then another woman uh, comes by, and verse 38 says, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Their redeemer was born, and she knew it, and she wanted to tell everybody. Why did they worship him this way? Well, they had studied scripture and had a, a deep love and faith in God. They were seeing firsthand all of the prophecies fulfilled. This humble baby was fully God and fully human. This second Adam, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he's the mediator between God and mankind. He was also the mediator at creation, the Im image of the invisible God. He is the fullest and finest revelation of God to mankind. He's the revealer of God. Throughout the Old Testament, he appears as the angel of the Lord, clearly identified as deity. It's a it would take forever, but it's an amazing study to see how Jesus uh, was in the Old Testament and throughout that time. These were brief encounters. These brief encounters were to reveal God's will to the people uh, that, he, that the angel of the Lord would speak to. He was made lower than the angels for a short time, but now he's crowned with glory and honor. Uh, the book of Hebrews says a lot about who Jesus is. First, uh, chapter 2, verse 9, it says, We do see Jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. He's our high priest making atonement for our sins. For this reason, verse 17 of, of Hebrews 2, for this reason he had to be made like them, like us, fully human in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. 
Hebrews 5, 7 says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And he was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. He is the author of our faith. He's the perfecter of our faith. Chapter 12, uh, verse 2 says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's the anointed one. He holds the offices of prophet, priest, and king. Prophet is one who speaks forth, and he, in in the highest sense, he spoke the words of his father. He was priest. He represents God to people and people to God. He is our great high priest. He, He did not need to cleanse himself as the ordinary priest did, nor did he need to offer a sacrifice for himself, but he himself became the perfect, pure, sinless sacrifice. And he is king. He is our priest. He's our atonement. He's our Lord and master. But more than these, he is the one who has broken the forces of death, hell, and the grave and is the triumphant one. He will reign in majesty for eternity's unending. He lived a sinless life to be an example of perfect righteousness. He died on the cross to be ultimate sacrifice for mankind's sin. He conquered death by raising back to life. And his final dramatic moment closed the period of his incarnation in which the God-man, Christ Jesus, participated in physical presence with people on earth. He ascended through the clouds into heaven and took his seat on the throne at the right hand of the Father where he is ever interceding for you and for me. Uh, Steve, if you could come and we'll uh, wrap up this service. He did, Jesus did all of this for you and for me, for the world. We all have memorized John 3.16, but that's the gift that God gave. He loved the world so much. He loved you so much. He loved me so much. We could put our name in John 3.16, for God so loved Benjamin that he gave his only begotten son, all right? For God so loved Kent that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved Levi. For God so loved Jeannie, Kirsten, everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And he's the only uh, living God. Our God, the God that we serve, and he's living and active. He's powerful. He's sitting on the throne. And if you could ever even wrap your mind around the fact that Jesus is praying for you and he's interceding for you, that he's taking your needs to the Father. When you pray, he hears you and he uh, mediates for you to the Father. 
He intercedes to the Father for you. And it started long before this baby in a manger. But today, we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Would you stand with me uh, today? And I just want us to uh, reflect. And you can sing along with Steve. And just let's just give our thanks to the Lord and uh, you know, give our offering to Him as we've learned today what, what God wants from us. Let's do that as we close, and then I'll come up and pray. Go. Oh.